Okay, so hi, I'm Linda W. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to start with a prayer. This is from a book used at AA a lot, Drop the Rock. It's called Use Usefulness Prayer. God help me today to find balance between my character defects and the principles of our program. <clears throat> so as to be useful to myself, all others, and you, the God of my understanding. And, you know, that's what I really strive for is balance in my life. Um, so just to, to start, I'm a Puerto Rican Jew from Brooklyn, New York. I'm 70 years old. Um, at one time, I weighed over 370 pounds. And um, I have been in recovery now for seven years, um, maintaining 170 pound weight loss. Uh, one day at a time. And here's my, I'll just show this real quick. This is one of the pictures of me when I was over 370. I'm not, I don't know. I only weighed 370 because I was preparing for surgery. So that's why I knew that weight. Um, so um, to start with, I know just from the very beginning that I have this disorder, compulsive overeating disorder. My, um, I, you know, I was told the story about when I was a baby and my mother would feed me after feeding me, I would cry. And the doctor said, well, just give her another bottle because she's crying. And so that kind of gave me this message. I mean, I could have been crying because I was hungry. I could have been crying because my diaper was wet or my stomach hurt. Who knows why I was crying, but kind of the message that I got was be quiet you know, don't make mom nervous, don't cause a problem, just be quiet. And that kind of became my pattern of food was my sedation, definitely my sedation. Um, so I never, I, I, you know, I found that I've never really grew emotionally. I never learned how to deal with feelings because I sedated them whenever they came up. And that, that's been a big learning curve for me now being in the program. Um, were lots of there was a lot of violence in my family inside and outside of my house and um the only way i you know really to survive was eating and um there was like i and i would steal candy and um once i stole candy and my father lined us i stole money i'm sorry and i went to the little store and bought some candy and then later that evening, my father lined me and my sisters up in a line and said, who stole the, the money that was for the diapers? And I just stood there and I wouldn't admit it. And he said, you, I want to know which one of you did that, which one of you stole the money. And I refused to say anything. And, I, you know, I look back now and I think my character defects were already developing dishonesty fear, selfishness. I didn't care if my sisters were punished. You know, I, these are defects that I, I learned to develop over time. Uh, ultimately, he said, um, whoever stole that money will have a hand on their nose. And I thought he had strong Puerto Rican accent. I thought he said hair on your nose. So I went like this and bingo, that was me. I stole the money. Um, 
fault. But, you know, I was just so deceptive, very good about sneaking out on uh, sneaking food in so many different ways. Um, my one of the things that happened, my mother was shot by a jealous boyfriend and almost died. And during that um, tragedy, we went to live with my grandma who owned a candy store in Brooklyn, a soda fountain shop. And um, my mother, she almost died, but she ultimately dropped the charges and married this man. So he was my stepfather. And there was a lot of grief on my, you know, and fear and anger on my part, but there was absolutely no talking about it whatsoever at all. So eating definitely became my fix for sedating all of that rage and anger and fear that I had. So in my grandma's store, she had everything you could possibly want as a compulsive overeater, is a compulsive overeater's heaven you know, all the milkshakes and ice creams and candy and just cons uh, all available to me. And of course I would eat that all the time. And I, you know, I would remember once I thought, I, I know how to fix this problem. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna steal, I mean, I'm gonna take a whole display box full of candy. I'm gonna bring it home to the house and I'm gonna eat the whole thing. And then I'll never wanna eat overeat again. So I did, I took this huge display box of this candy and ate the whole thing, got incredibly sick, so sick, um, just disgusted with myself in the morning and went right back to eat that candy the next day. Like that's how, that's the sickness of this disorder. It's, um, it makes no sense. It's kind of like I realized sugar is, I am addicted to sugar and it's like, it's dangerous. It's a, it's a way to abuse myself. And it's um, something I had to find a restraining order front for. And that's where OA came in. But um, stealing food, eating crazy. When I went to college, I would go to the cafeteria. I lived in the dormitories and I'd go to the cafeteria before each meal and take as much food as I could and bring it back to my room for later. And then I'd go back to the cafeteria and eat like a good girl, good student. Um, with everybody else, a normal amount of food. Um, but I had a ton of food back at, at the, my room for later on. Um, even at work, I, I worked at this job for 33 years, about half of the time I was a manager. And um, there was there's a break room, there was always lots of food in the break room, lots of treats. So I would go in, I would preview what all the treats were. I would take a whole bunch of stuff, um, sort of hide it on my pocket or in a bag. I actually would bring a bag with me to the break room, bring it back to my office and store it there and then go back at the break time or whatever the um, engagement was and eat a little bit like everybody else, like a good girl. But then I had all this stuff stored up for that evening so that I could eat that on my own. I just was very deceptive. Um, and I know emotionally handicapped. I know that, you know, it's not my fault, but th this was a disorder that I had. Um, I tried every diet that you can imagine, pills and, and fasts, Weight Watchers. Man, I have so many of those little cards with my weight on them when I started. And um 
always, I could, I could gain a hundred pounds. I mean, I'm sorry, I could lose a hundred pounds, but then I could gain a hundred pounds just as easily back. And that was a constant thing up and down with my weight, up and down with my weight. Um, it got to the point, it got really bad. I was married and had two children and, um, my husband at the time said, you know, you're just too fat and I didn't sign up for this. And I, I was huge at that point. After having two kids, I gained a lot of weight and I didn't lose it. So he left. He left me with two one and a two-year-old. And I was incredibly depressed. And, um, and so eating was the only thing, you know, again, that I could think of to sedate myself. And I went, to, I felt like killing myself, but I love my children, you know. And, um, you know, and I felt I, I do did have given them amends because there were, you know, I would try to um, get them to go to bed as early as possible so I could eat once they were upstairs in bed. I used to, I, I called myself the, the sugar pimp. I used to make them trick or treat. You know, they'd get all dressed up in their little cute costumes and then they'd go to like three or four houses trick or treat and they were done. They were tired, they were finished. But I was like, no, 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 no. Let's go to a few more houses. Let's go to more houses. Let's go to a few more houses. Just get a little more candy. It's like I was pimping my kids out. And then when they go to bed, I would eat all the, you know, the good candy out of their bags. And I recently made amends to them for that. And, you know, my my son said, I love you, mom. And my daughter said, all parents steal their candy, mom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Making amends was a lot. I've done a lot of amends. But um, I did become extremely depressed. And the psychiatrist said to me, um, have you ever thought about doing weight loss surgery? And I said, no, why would I do that? What, what horrible suggestion that is to make. But um, over time, I thought about it, and I knew a few people who had done it. And um, I did end up having it done in 2003. I had a ruin Y, a completely open ruin Y surgery and um that was really hard that was it was a hard recovery and um I did lose quite a bit of weight I did lose the weight and there was that was sort of like a physical um tool to help me keep my weight down but mentally and spiritually I was still as sick as ever and I still, I would try all these different ways to eat around the, the problem. Like, so if I ate sugar, which I'm addict, I have addiction for anyway, if I ate sugar, I would pass, I could pass out because the main lines right into my bloodstream. So I, I figured out, oh, I can eat protein first and then I can eat the sugar, you know, and I figured out all these little tricks of the trade to how I could compulsively overeat and, um, sickness was still there, you know, and um, what was I going to say? I, I, it, it was pretty serious. I mean, with this type of surgery, it can really hurt yourself or, I mean, it could be deadly if you really push it, if you really force the food down like I was. There were many times I was extremely ill or hospitalized. And so it, it just didn't work for me, but um, that was all, you know, I just only knew compulsive overeating. I only knew how to do that to get, you know, lots of feelings came up as I lost weight. It terrified me to lose weight and be thinner. 
but um, I, I couldn't deal with it. I didn't know how to handle those feelings. So um, what brought me to OA was my daughter um, had brought me to a restaurant and she said, mom, I found the perfect restaurant, sugar-free and gluten-free, which I've always you know, tried to stay within. And it's great. And look at mom at the restaurant, there's all these vegetables and salads and protein for you. And um, this, you're going to love this restaurant. And I, you know, immediately turned to the right and got a big plate of macaroni and cheese and potatoes and pizza and all the sugar and crap I could get and piled it on my plate. Not that I could eat it all, but, um, and sat down and she just looked at me and said, mom, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I can't, I can't be with you anymore. You are going to die and I'm going to be left alone. You're going to die. And I can't live. I cannot be around you. This is horrible. And she just like yelled at me in the restaurant. And I felt so ashamed and so angry. Like, Hey daughter, you know, I'm your mom. Don't talk to me like that. But she was absolutely right. She was right. I was dying and I was hurting people along the way. Um, so I went a day or two later, I went to my, to an OA meeting and, um, I kind of, I, you know, I heard, you know, work the steps, get a sponsor. Um, so I, you know, I was looking around the room, who could be my sponsor, who can help me? I don't ever think anybody could help me, but I looked around the room and I thought, oh, you know, somebody has nice glasses or they said the right words, or they look like they, have a lot of compassion or they have the right hairstyle. I mean, stupid stuff. I was looking for a sponsor and this lady one day she grabbed my, and she said, Had you, did you get a sponsor yet? And I said, no. And she grabbed my arm, literally grabbed my arm and dragged me across the room. And she put me in front of this lady and said, ask her to be your sponsor. And I was like, well, I don't even have a choice now. I mean, you just put me in front of her. Um, so I said, okay, so I call, so the person gave me their phone number and I called her and she, and before I called her, you know, the night before I had all of my binge foods, all of my sugar, all of the flour gluten stuff, and just had to eat, you know, cause it was like getting a divorce, you know, saying goodbye to each one of those things. It was so sad and eating all this crap. And then I called her and um, she didn't call me back. Like, what? She didn't call me back. She didn't call me back for um, two weeks. And I thought, you see, this point, nothing works. Nobody's going to help me. Why would I even ask for help? Nobody's going to help me. Nothing's going to work. Um, you know, what's the point of all of this? But she did call me back and she said her phone line had been down and she didn't, she had just gotten her messages and got my message. And so that relationship began for, I think, five years. She was my sponsor. And she really worked with me through all of the steps and learning how to eat and learning how to handle my emotions. Um, I remember, I didn't know how, really how to, to prepare food for myself. I just didn't know. She said, I want you to plan out your food and tell me what you're going to have every day. And then once you've had it, I need you to tell me that you've had it. And I didn't know, I just had no idea how to prepare foods. And so I, I think what I did in the beginning was I got these little Amy frozen meals and I would have one as a meal. 
And that was a complete meal. And I thought, okay, I can do that. And then slowly but surely, you know, I started learning a little bit more about cooking and preparation. Um, and I used something called my fitness pal for a while where I would record all my food and then send her a screenshot of that um, every day, every evening when I would do my 10th step with her. Um, but she really helped me work through the steps and clean up a lot of the crap that I, I had created. And, um, you know, working through those steps, it's like, um, I would, you know, somebody described it as like, you know, you have a clogged toilet and it's disgusting and it stinks and it's running over and you just don't know what to do and it's horrible and you want to avoid it, but you finally end up getting a plumber and you clean the, get that crap cleaned out of the toilet. And it's like four step is like doing that, getting inside the crap, getting in the sewer and cleaning it out, cleaning it out, cleaning. It's a horrible place to be. But once you get out and it's clean, it's you feel so much better. You feel so much saner. I, I wouldn't, you know, <clears throat> when I was, um, my kids were little and I was so heavy. I was so ashamed of who I was. I wouldn't answer the door. I wouldn't answer the phone. If I went to the mailbox, I would go late at night so nobody would see me. I was just so ashamed of myself. And, you know, doing this cleansing, um, you know, really, really helped me. And, you know, the 10th the step is kind of like, you know, the toilet's clean, but now you got to keep flushing it. You know, you got to keep cleaning it. If you don't, it's going to clog back up again. And you're going to be right back down there in that disgusting sewer of a fourth step cleaning it out again. Um, you know, I learned to keep it clean. Um, then over time, I, I, I found a new, I was really feeling a need for more recovery from my sponsor. So, um, I looked, I went to oa.org and I went um, online and there was a meeting at, it was at four o'clock that day. And I thought, okay, it's 10 to four. I can go to that meeting. I don't know where it was. Um, so I went to the meeting. It was a pretty good meeting. And one lady um, announced herself as a sponsor and she put her name in the chat. So I called her and she ended up She's been my sponsor now about a year and a half, and she's incredible. She's just awesome. She's incredible. She's working through the big book with me, doing the step work with me. Um, she has she, has, she doesn't tell me what to do, but she tells me what she does. And she's kept off about 160 pounds herself. Um, you know, so I, I plan, I even weigh my, measure my food, which I never thought I would do. And, and I do it in grams usually because I don't know what grams are and I can't mess with it. If it was ounces or pounds or cups, I could mess with whether it's a full cup or not, but not with grams. So I send her every day. And then each time I eat that food, I take a picture of it and send it to her. And then at night do my 10th step. But she has been incredibly, incredibly helpful. And I've continued to lose weight with working with her. Um, but I said to her one day, you know, that's a, a really good meeting, you know, and she goes, yeah, she, I, she said, I said, you go there often. She had never been to that meeting before, never. And I, and I had never been to that meeting and it's like, what, you know, and she'd never been back. I'd never been back. It was just one high power was right there, hooking me up with the right person when I needed it. And, um, what why I just higher power has shown up for me in a lot of ways, um, in so many ways. And emotionally, um, you know, when I become fearful, become angry, become resentful, 
Um, it's, you know, it's okay to have those feelings, but not to dwell on them and let them take you over. I, um, you know, I, there, I forget what, what prayer this, what step this prayer comes from, but I would often practice, God, please remove this fear from me and direct my attention to where it should be right now. Because I would be panicking right then, like doing something and I was frozen with fear and I would say the prayer and direct, I have five minutes. Okay. And um, I would be able to relax. Um, the so no matter what, I had um, I, I retired from work and I went on a I went on a trip to Greece and while I was there my house burned down my entire neighborhood burned down 2017 everything burned down and um, it's been about a three year recovery of rebuilding my sister died during this time my um, I was hospitalized so many tragedies happened. So many good, like my daughter getting married, good and bad things that are, there's no, always perfect excuses to eat over. Those are all perfect. Why your house burned down? Of course you're going to eat. But I didn't. I never ate over the seven years. I've never eaten over any of these problems. And I have serenity now. I've learned that, you know, work through the feelings, work through the mental obsessions, um, acceptance. Um, you know, just accepting myself from my faults and owning up to them and, and cleaning them up. And I think what's helped me stay with this is um, stay with my recovery is service, whether it's showing up in, you know, when the old days when you set up chairs or, um, you know, I, I've gone to inner group, I've worked on different committees, I just signed up for world service, and I'm not sure what I got myself into. But this is the service that keeps me going. And um, I just wanted to end with this short story. Um, there was a man in a hole. He was stuck down in a hole and um, a priest walked by and he said, hey, sir, what are you doing down there? And he said, I'm stuck in this hole. I'm stuck, I can't get out. And the priest said, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you and it's gonna be okay. And he kept walking. And then a, a psychologist walked by and he said, hey, man, what are you doing in that hole? And he said, I'm stuck. I can't get out. So he said, OK, well, you know, we'll work on those issues and problems. We'll do some problem solving when you come out and we'll work on that. OK. And then another person walks by and he goes, hey, man, what are you doing in the hole? He said, I'm, I'm stuck and I, I can't get out. And the guy jumped into the hole. He said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now we're both stuck in the hole. And he goes, no, because I know the way out. I know the way out. And that's us. That's what we do in service. We help the people who are down and stuck in that horrible hole because we know what that felt like, you know? We know what that felt like. And it's so incredible that, that, that we're here to help each other get out and know the way out. And by continuing to service, staying out, right? So thank you for letting me do service tonight to, to speak and thank you all for being here.